Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com. I didn't do it this time. <laughs> Last week I made a mmm sound. Uh, but man, I'm excited you guys are in the house. Uh, man, I believe God's got something special for the day. Hey, can you get up for our guests today again? Come on, let them know you love them. Oh man, uh, I'm just telling you, God's got something special planned. This series has been incredible. But before we jump in, uh, I want to start out by telling you, next week's going to be a special week. I don't know about you, I'm still in shock that the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. You guys in shock? Come on, somebody. I'm sorry. I pinched myself. I was going crazy. I, I told Dennis I probably can't be around people at the Super Bowl because I'm going to be going crazy. I'm one of those emotional people. I, I scream, you know, at the TV kind of guy. Um, so anyway, I, I'm excited for next week. But uh, we're going to do something special called Red Sunday. So I invite you guys to come out decked out in all your Chiefs gear looking crazy. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Uh, and we're going to do something special. If you're not a Chiefs fan, by the way, it's okay. We still love you. But uh, we're here in Kansas City, so we're going we're gonna to rock out for the Chiefs. This doesn't happen, uh, this doesn't happen in, a, in our lifetime yet. So uh, it's going to be incredible. Uh, but we're going to do something special. We're going to cancel our 915, cancel 1045. We're combine up to one big gathering at 10 o'clock. And so uh, the reason we're doing that is because we want to have a big tailgate party afterwards and get our team out here during the uh, during sometime soon. But we're going to have a huge party next week. Uh, we'll send you a bunch of details you'll learn about a little later on today. But, man, I'm excited. This is one of those weeks when to bring somebody with you because who knows, somebody's going to love a tailgate. We've got some food, amen. Uh, we have a lot of fun, a lot of crazy stuff. So you got some of your life who doesn't go to church, uh, somebody who doesn't really follow God. Somebody That's like that neighbor you you know that you always upset with each other. This is a great time to bring them. They're going to have a great time. You know what I'm talking about. you got that neighbor, right? Um, so bring somebody next week. It's going to be awesome. Who's going to bring somebody? Come on, bring somebody. Put your hand. You got it. You got it. Some of you are going to bring I love it. Don't come alone, man. I'll tell you, we're going to be talking about this one for a while. We're changing up this room, that room. There's all sorts of stops. and so We're pulling all this. There's all sorts of stops. We're going to make it lame, and it's going to be terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's going to be a party. So um, it's going to pack this thing out. So it's going to be incredible. Uh, but today we're going to finish our series called Habits. It's been an awesome series. Uh, it's been powerful and, uh, and really practical. And today, I think it's going to be one of those days. I think God's going to really speak to you about breaking something in your life, dropping a bad habit. I love that. Uh, that's pretty good, Barry. Uh, but we're going, to, we're going to dive right in. I'm going to talk about some of the goals that we have. And I believe if I sat down with every single one of you, uh, you'd all tell me a positive goal you have for the year. Some of you are like, I'm going to graduate high school. Uh, maybe you're going to graduate college. Uh, some of you are going to tell me my, my, my goal is that I'm financially healthy, uh, that I'm good in good shape this year. I don't have a good marriage, good relationships. And uh, I'd wager think that nobody's going to give me a negative goal unless you're a little crazy. Yeah, there's probably one person that, that's going to do that to be honoring. Uh, but no one's going to give me a negative goal. No one's going to say, hey, at the end of your year, Sean, man, I just want to live paycheck to paycheck, man. I can't wait to, to look at my bank statement and look at my spouse and say, what is this you bought? What is this you spent the money on? I can't wait. My goal, Sean, is to, to gain five pounds this year uh, for the next 20 years. I'm going to try to put on as much as possible, man, to, to get out of shape. I um, mean, I want to live a mediocre life, Sean. That's what I want to do. I want to be the guy that just barely makes it through. And I want to have a job that's kind of a dead-end job. And my goal is to live the most regrets as possible when it gets to end of my life. Um, somebody's going to say their five-year goal will be, I want to be a raging addict. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'll be addicted to some kind of substance and, and lose my marriage and, and my kids aren't going to like me. No, nobody's going to say that. I don't, at least I don't know anybody that's going to say that. Uh, for most of us, uh, and I just want to try to make the point uh, that, that we, don't, we don't make one bad step uh, we don't want make one bad decision and ruin our lives. Uh, we're not one step away from wrecking it. We're not one step away from destroying it. But it's a habit that can take down our life. Most of us aren't going to wreck our life in one decision. It's going to be little steps at a time. And so today we're going to talk about bad habits in our life. And it's funny, we like to summarize bad habits and maybe a season or a lifetime of bad habits in one sentence. Uh, you might hear this, man, she cheated on him and they got divorced. Was it really just like... 
That simple, huh? Just got summarized in one little statement, all those thousand decisions. Or maybe, man, they really struggled with weight and, uh, man, they had a heart attack and died. It's like, was that really just that? I mean, who knows? It was 10,000 Big Daddy Donuts. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Those things are so good. Man, I'm sorry for the teardown team. We give you donuts all the time. We're going to give carrots from now on, okay? We're going to get the veggie tray for you guys. Uh, or maybe, maybe they said, oh, man, that person just didn't follow through at work, and so we let them go. It's like it's a series of bad decisions to get summarized together. And what I want to do on share with you one of the most profound summary statements found in the Bible, and it's in Judges 16, 1. This is a series of bad decisions for Samson, and if Samson, if anybody had potential to follow God, it was Samson. And because of one bad habit, one bad step at a time, going the wrong direction, his life fell apart. I want you to check out this verse. It's in Judges 16, 1. It says this, one day, somebody say one day. One day. One day. Sorry, man, my throat. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Man, his is his whole life summarized in one sentence. This is one of the biggest summary statements in the Bible. Man, just one day, he decided to go to Gaza and see a prostitute. This is the beginning of his life falling apart. And it's, an, it's important to understand the context and really... Th- thank you, Barry. I love you. Come on, give it up for Barry. That was... <laughs> Everybody saw you. The light was reflecting off the... Oh, there you go. I like that. Nice job, babe. Uh, I love it. Man, but, Ga- but Gaza, man, this, this is like the headquarters of the Philistines. I mean, this, is, this makes Samson like arch enemy number one. If he's going to go to Gaza, he's going to be in enemy territory. Uh, likely, somebody's going to try to kill him. There's a hit out on him. And so uh, he's going to travel to Gaza, the enemy territory, to find a prostitute. And you got to understand, Gaza's 25 miles away from his hometown. So, so he grew up in Zora, so he has to go 25 miles. And back in that day, there's no Uber, uh, there's no taxis, there's no cars. And so mo- most likely, we're going to assume he walked his way to Gaza for 25 miles. So the question this morning is, who in their right mind is going to walk 25 miles uh, through enemy territory, potentially getting killed uh, to get a little squeeze? You know what I'm talking about? To get a little hubba hubba to, how you doing? Like, whatever you want to call it, right? Like, who's going to do that? And the answer is, people do it every single day. People walk through, uh, really, really shouldn't be every day to do something they shouldn't do. And there's some research I was thinking about this. Like, how long would it take to walk 25 miles? Like, how many steps is that? And so the research shows uh, it's like 56,250 steps that Samson walked in the wrong direction to get to Gaza. Man, that's 56,250 steps that he shouldn't have taken every step one in front of another. I'm telling you, you're not going to wreck your life in one moment of time. You're not going to wreck your life with one big major decision that went wrong. You're not going to wreck your life by making one choice and one thing. That's why today we're talking about habits. And today we're talking about how to break a bad habit, how we break a habit in our life. We can only talk about this, man. How do, who do you want to become? Who do you want to be? Some of you guys decide to be godly parents. Uh, some of you guys decide that you want to give up some addictions this year. Some of you guys said, I want to be clean. I mean, I want to be sober. I mean, I want to follow Jesus. Some of you guys said, I want to be a godly parent to my kids. I'm going to start checking in on them. Some of you guys decide to pray together as a husband and wife. I mean, some of you guys decide to get your finances together because you'd say, what would Dave Ramsey do? And you've been following a path this last season. Uh, and so today we're going to ask the question, what's, ha- what's one habit you need to start, but only go a little deeper, what's one habit you need to stop? And so what's one habit you need to break in your life? And so it's a little harder question than what's one you want to add to your life. What one habit do you need to stop? What's something that's unhealthy? What's something that's unhelpful? What's something that's ungodly? What's something you can break in your life? I love what James says about filthy habits. In James 1.21, it says this, so get rid of every filthy habit. He broke it down real simple, didn't he? He said, like, these habits in your life, you know, aren't God honoring? Just cut them out. Avoid them. Get rid of them. He goes on to say, in all wicked conduct, and I love this, he said, you're not going to do this on your own. You're going to submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your heart, which is able to save you. He's calling us to get rid of things in our life. So this morning, what's one habit in your life? 
What's one thing that you know is not God honoring? What's one situation that you say, man, I got to avoid that? What's one thing you shouldn't do in your life that God's going to put in your heart? And this morning, I'll make it as practical as possible. And I want to share with you some of the stuff that I've had to break in my life. And I'm telling you what, there's been so many areas in my life that I've had to surrender to God in and so many areas that I've had to struggle through. And so if you can learn something from me and maybe God will challenge you in your life to, to pick a habit out. I'm talking just one because I can probably come up with 27 things, amen, in my life that I'm like, man, that's not good. That's not good. That's not good. Uh, okay, I got change that. And so just pick one thing out that I believe God wants you to break. And so I'm going to share a little bit of my story. And this is obviously real personal to me. But when I was 18 years old, uh, I mean, I started struggling with addiction and pornography. My dad showed up to my room and that's not a big statement for most people. My dad didn't live with me. Uh, so he never actually came to my house because it's like going to his ex-wife's house, right? And so he showed up with a stack of pornography about three feet deep. And uh, he cleaned out an apartment and uh, my dad's not a Christian. He showed up and said, here, son, have this as a gift. I'm like, <laughs> what do you say to that, you know? And so, uh, I mean, I, I, I threw these things out, but I became addicted to pornography when I was 18 years old. And uh, I, I, I'm like, man, I don't want part of this, but, you know, the Bible says, like, to flee youthful lust, but when you're youthful, you're like, you just run to this thing. And so, man, I started watching pornography on the computer. I started following this path. I started uh, getting wrapped up in this. In the beginning, I didn't think it was that big a deal. Oh, man, I hurt anybody, but over time. I mean, this followed me in the Bible college. Uh, I was even dating my, uh, my beautiful girlfriend at the time, Diane. Um, I'm, I'm studying to be in the ministry and follow Jesus, and I'm, I'm addicted to pornography. And this is my story. This, this is what's, what's way in my heart. I, I feel the shame of doing it, I and mean, I feel guilty. And, you know, all these things are going on inside my own heart and my life. I'm like, man, how in the world can you serve God if you can't break free of this addiction? And it took me really coming to the end of myself and uh, really this idea of fleeing youthful lust. Like, uh, you can't bow this thing. You know what I'm talking about. Like, you're not going to fight it. You're going to flee from it. And so I found this thing through my friends called X3 Watch. And so uh, I downloaded it to my computer, and what it did is it holds you accountable. So if there's any kind of uh, any words that cross through the websites and goes through all the things you search, there's any, any websites or search engines you go through, uh, anything that pops up that may be inappropriate, it sends emails to other people that you hold uh, to hold you accountable. I'm going to tell you something. When, you're, when your private life becomes a public life, you change. Amen? <laughs> You change because all of a sudden, like, you friends are knowing what you're doing. And I set Diane up on it. I'm like, I don't want to hurt no. I'm like, we're done, you know. And so that's what took the courage to do that. But I'm telling you, the reason I'm saying this is because uh, statistics say that one, four, one in four clicks on the Internet, 25% of all clicks on the Internet, internet today are pornographic material. That's crazy. And so I know for most of us in this room, we've seen this. Uh, for some of you guys are addicted to it every single day. Some of you guys, this is part of your daily, your daily habit. It's what you do. And this morning, I want to encourage you. I mean, you can break free in the name of Jesus. Amen. I mean, you, you, could, you probably tried to quit. You probably tried to stop and Satan's just all over it. And you've been doing it for years or whatever it is. I'm telling you today can be a day that you can break free from addiction. I'm telling you, there's any addiction that we should break through in 2020 as a church in the United States, it should be pornography. Amen. This is something that just steals our soul and robs us from the intimacy that God wants us to have. And so I want to encourage you today, man, maybe that's the addiction that God wants you to break. You know, the second addiction that I broke, and this was a blind spot in my life, was I was just so accomplishment-driven that I wasn't focused on people. I mean, it was all about the ends. Like, I was the guy I was going to get a 4-0. I was going to work hard, and uh, I was super competitive. It wasn't, uh, it, it, it wasn't, winning wasn't everything. It was the only thing, right? Uh, I was going to be the guy that's going to get the ball, go down the court, slam dunk, and leave four people dead behind me, right? There was no team. I was just going to run and do it. I just didn't listen well. And, and this was a big blind spot in my life. I had people come up to me and say, Sean, man, like, you got to slow down. 
Like, you got to learn to listen. You can't say everything you think. And over time, God began to change my life. And I had one of the greatest compliments I've ever got. And uh, this actually came from Carrie Cubley. She probably doesn't even know this. Uh, she was in my office a few months back. And she said, man, Sean, uh, you know, since I've known you, God just done so much work. And you've changed so much. I'm like, hopefully for good, right? <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she goes, yeah, when I first met you, you'd shoot from the hip. And, man, you're rough around the edges. And, man, you just kind of have it your way. And you're going to do it. And you just didn't listen all the time. And now you're just like so, you just listen to people. And you slow down. And you ask questions questions and uh, and she told me all this and I was like man that's so awesome and she actually admitted to me one of the first events we did together at a youth retreat uh, I made her cry I said something about your t-shirt what did your t-shirt say you still remember the story Oh, not whining. So she said not whining. And I said something to her about her shirt, and I was super sarcastic and, and rude. Apparently, and, and, and she went inside and she cried. And she didn't tell anybody. And I was like, Man, I'm like, wow, I feel terrible. Like that was me, right? And some of you guys got some blind spots. We all have blind spots. Matter of fact, some of you guys are, are caught flawed geniuses, right? Like you're amazing at this. Like I'm amazing at getting things done, but man, I'm just terrible with people. Like some of you guys are amazing at one thing, but you have a blind spot in another. Can I just tell you, if somebody cares about you, if you've got one or two people in your life that go up to you and say, hey, you've got a problem, can I just tell you today, you probably have a problem, amen? I mean, somebody goes up to you and says, hey, man, you're, you're great at this, but, man, this relationship thing, like the way you're treating your spouse, like the thing you're looking at, if somebody goes up to you and tells you that, could you, just, could you just be humble enough to say, you know what, I've got a problem? And so for me, I had a blind spot in my life, and thank God i got people around me that can help me through that, and then God has changed my life. Uh, can I just tell you another addiction? This is something that I've been struggling with currently, and I'm actually breaking this, trying to break this addiction. This is what I'm going through uh, right now. Me and Diane doing this together. I'm trying to break the addiction to sugar. Did pastor go there right now? He went there. You're like, what? <laughs> Dude, you're preaching to me now, buddy. <laughs> One more scoop's going out of business. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> man, I'll get some water. But, man, I'm, I'm trying. I'm going to get some soda. I'm just kidding. But uh, I'm trying to break the addiction to sugar. So we got back from a passion conference, and, and uh, we're doing 21 days of prayer and, and fasting. And so me and Diane, we said, hey, you know what? We're not going to have sugar uh, for 21 days. And, man, I, I don't know about you, but I drank Pepsi like it was water. Uh, I mean, I was like, it was a donut. Like, like, I mean, it's like, I used to, I used to do, eat anything I want in my 20s. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I used to work manual labor and man, my, I burn a lot of calories. But now I sit more at a desk and do a lot of office work. And I'm telling you something, <laughs> it just kind of keeps going, right? And so um, I'm just telling you, so I'm breaking this sugar. So I haven't had a soda and haven't had sugar stuff and whatever snacks da, 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 for like three weeks. So I'm like doing pretty good. And I'll tell you, I'm still in that hard phase right now. We're like, man, that sounds good. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like, ooh, like I'm you know, nobody knows that, right? <laughs> we got to make it past that. Some of you, some of you know what I'm talking about. Barry's just laughing. He didn't even have sugar anyway. He's like, this, I could have told you that five years ago. He knows what I'm talking about. But man, this is something I'm bound with. And so I don't know what addiction you need to break. Maybe it could be a health thing. It could be pornography. It could be a personality trait that you just have kind of let go and you've been blind to. I don't know what it is, but I'm going to tell you something. It's never too late to do the right thing. Amen? It's never too late to do the right thing. Uh, you can have 56,249 steps and you're like, I'm not going to knock on that door. I'm going to go this way. Even if you've gone past that point, it's never too late to do the right thing. It's never too late to change your life. And I'm going to tell you something. God wants to break a habit in your life. So this morning, I need to do something. I need to define what that thing is going to change because you can't defeat what you don't define. You got to acknowledge it. You got to be like, Satan, I'm done with this pornography thing. Like, I'm done giving glory to you in my life. Like, I'm, I'm done being that kind of person. I'm done not being a listener. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm done not caring about my body. Like, I'm done with this stuff, Satan. I'm going to change it, and you got to name it. So maybe for you, uh, maybe it's a bad attitude. Uh, maybe it's a complaining heart. 
Uh, maybe it's a gossiping tongue. Maybe it's an eating issue. Maybe you eat and then you go to the bathroom and vomit. Maybe you're like me. It's like just too much sugar, right? Like I said, a goal lose 20 pounds. I'm 30 pounds away. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Like we're going the wrong direction. Maybe it's too many snacks or it could be a technical issue. Like maybe it's a, maybe you're addicted to some technology. Maybe it's video games, right? Like you get home and it's been a hard day at work and you just go in and veg out and it, it started fun and easy and now it just takes over your life. It's hurting relationships. Uh, it could be social media. I mean, you go on your phone and you're scrolling and scrolling and, and scrolling and three hours later, you're still scrolling and then you, you put it down and five seconds later, you're scrolling again. Or maybe it's binge watching Netflix, you get in bed and you just turn on and it's, it's two in the morning, Jarrett Jensen. Um, <laughs> I called him out. He did this last night. <laughs> so pastor, I went to bed real late. I was like, what was going on? He's like, Netflix. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but it could, it could be anything, right? Um, so, some of you guys, maybe it's something you're on, on, doing on your screen. Maybe, it's, maybe it is pornography. Maybe you've tried quitting in the past. But I'm telling you something. God, it's never too late to change, and God wants you to change. Uh, it could be addicted to a substance. It could be sugar. Uh, it could be nicotine. It could be an illegal substance. Uh, it could be prescription medication. I mean, I've had people in my life around me in all of these areas. And I'm just telling you, uh, if you've got something in your life that's telling you, man, you've got a problem. Like, man, you shouldn't go there. Uh, man, there's an issue in your life. Man, maybe you've got a problem, man. Amen. Like it's time we probably listen to the right voices in our life. And so maybe you got a parent or a good friend or somebody's following God and they're like, man, like you got to work on your marriage, bro. Like you, you've got to, you got to go to the right places. Like, hey, you shouldn't hang out with the boys, man. Like that's just not working out. You shouldn't be running with these guys. They're just not taking anywhere. I mean, you got people in your life, man, they're challenging, they're challenging to do the right stuff. And now I believe this, it's interesting as you want to break a, a bad habit, um, man, it always, like bad habits always start so easy and then they get harder. Like who knows sin is fun? Come on somebody, who knows sin is fun? Put your hand up if sin is fun. Come on. Put those hands up. If you do not raise your hand, you either don't know it's a sin or you're not doing it right. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like, I'm just telling you, you're messing up how to do this. So sin is fun. and It, it starts out that way. Like, man, the, oh, man, pornography, that was really fun starting out. But I'm telling you something, it got harder and harder and harder to break that addiction and the shame and the guilt and, 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 and just the disappointment. Man, just grew bigger and bigger and bigger. The intimacy in my life changed. Uh, my mindset changed. My habits changed. Man, it started so easy, right? Like, it was so easy to shoot from the hip and just do it my way and say what I thought. But over time, you realize, man, you're leaving people out. You're, you're pushing people away. You're, you're making people cry, you know? Like, you start realizing, man, that's not good. That's actually harder and harder and harder. Or maybe uh, it's easy to walk into Quick Trip, come on, somebody, into the devil's kitchen right there. And... Um, get that 32-ounce Pepsi and the taquito and whatever else, your favorite thing, and, and you walk. It's so easy to do that, but over time, like, all of a sudden, it's like, man, like, this is put on some weight, and it gets a little harder and harder and harder. Now you got to turn around, and you got to break uh, some addiction in your life. And I love what Proverbs 13, 15, it says. It says, but the way of the transgressor, man, the way of the evildoer, the way of the wrong, the way of living the wrong life is hard. Like, if you're living a life apart from God, it goes, it goes from easy so harder and harder and harder and harder, and the farther you go down the path, the harder and harder life gets. There's no fruit developed. There's no life being developed in these negative habits. Matter of fact, it's changing your identity. It's changing your future. It's rewriting your story, and it gets very difficult. But when you start a good habit, guess what? I mean, it's kind of the opposite, right? It's like super hard at the beginning. I mean, it's like super hard to put the X3 watch on your computer, amen? It's super hard to go tell your girlfriend, hey, I've been struggling with pornography. Can you hold me accountable? Like, that's a hard conversation. It's hard to tell your best friends, like, hey, I'm really struggling. Can you keep me accountable? That's really hard up front. But I'm telling you something, it gets easier and easier and easier, and God changes your desires. I'm telling you something, it's hard not to drink soda right now. Amen? 
I mean, you guys put those Big Daddy Donuts. I keep picking on Big Daddy Donuts, but they're going to be here later today. And somebody's going to, I know, I know one of you is going to go, you want a donut? Because you guys are sarcastic group of people. And, uh, and it's harder to say, no, man, because I'm still in that battle, right? I'm still in like that three-week mark where like sugar is like, man, it just sounds so good in this moment. But I'm telling you, God will remove the desire over time. It gets easier and easier and easier. And so this morning I want to talk about how do we break a bad habit? Like practically, how are you going to do this? And I just want to encourage you, man, make that habit as difficult to do as possible. I mean, last week we say if you're going you're gonna to start a habit, you're going to make it easy and obvious. But this week we're going to say make it as hard as possible. Make it as difficult as possible to do. Man, some of you guys are going to say, I want to get healthy this year and you're going to go to the office and somebody's going to bring in those donuts and the first day you're going to say no weapon formed against me shall stand amen like am i going to be around this thing and the second day you say i'll do all things through christ who strengthen me and the third day you're standing over that donut bar and you're like just going to smell the donut right and you can take a little nibble of donut and pretty soon you just kind of eat the donut you're like well since I had one i must well take the whole box back to my office and eat it right i mean it just it's, it's we don't have the willpower we have to make it difficult in our life uh, to do that habit. Proverbs says this in chapter 4. It says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. And he says this about the, the evil path or the, the way of the wicked. He says this, four things about it. He says, avoid it. Like, don't even go down that path. Like, if you, why resist temptation if you can avoid it completely? He says, don't travel on that path. You need to go a different way. Turn from it. He says, go on your own way. Do something different. Don't even go down that road. Make it as difficult as possible to do the habit in your life. And to really make this practical, last week we talked about a habit loop, how there's a trigger, and then there's an action and a response, and it goes in a circle over and over again. And so today we're talking about if you're going to break a habit, uh, you got to remove the trigger. You got to get rid of that thing that's causing you to do it, and then you got to interrupt the action. And so I want to talk about removing triggers. And there's five triggers that most people talk about in studies. And uh, these five things may trigger you, they may stick out in your life. Uh, you might be triggered by a place. Uh, you might be triggered by a time, you might be triggered by a mood, you might be triggered by a moment, or you might be triggered by a person. And so I want to talk about this place and time together. Uh, there's usually a place where you do that bad habit. Matter of fact, it's probably consistently in the same place. Uh, you go to that place and, and, and you're in that season or in that area, and that's where that habit happens. But the opposite is also true where there's places you don't do the habit as well consistently. And so, for instance, you don't overeat at the gym. I know you guys probably don't show up to Planet Fitness with your cheesecake. Uh, you're probably not on the treadmill uh, chowing down. Uh, most likely, you don't go to church and do drugs. Uh, if you do that, uh, there's a better way to worship Jesus. Amen. We can teach you that. Um, but you're most likely not doing drugs at church. Uh, but you're likely uh, to overeat at the Super Bowl party. Uh, you're likely to maybe do drugs with your friends in the wrong crowd at a party. Uh, you may likely hang out with a certain person who may be bringing you down the wrong road, and uh, you're doing those addictions. Uh, maybe for a time, uh, you're not going to look at porn during your life group. Uh, you're not going to be addicted to that and scrolling through your phone. If you do, that's weird, and we got problems. Um, but you're most likely not doing that. But when you're alone, uh, and, and that timing where you, you feel like uh, you may be uh, under-accomplished, uh, maybe no one's around and you're insulated from everybody, nobody knows you're there, you're isolated from them, uh, maybe in that moment, uh, that's when you do that. There's always a time and a place, and time and place is so important if you're going to break a habit. I want you to think about David in the Old Testament. Man, David was, was the king, and he was a man after God's own heart, but he did something uh, that forever changed his life. He made a horrible mistake, and I believe this. It was just wrong time and wrong place. It's seriously, you could sum this up. Wrong time, wrong place. If you know anything about David, uh, he went too far, and he didn't want to go. He ended up places he didn't want to go in his life. And, and King David, he was at the wrong place and the wrong time, and he's in his palace, and he ended up having an affair with Bathsheba. Bathsheba got pregnant and ended up murdering her husband so that people wouldn't find out about it. And why is this? Because of the wrong time and wrong place in his life. It's so important to understand this. I want you to check out the very first thing that starts off this story. 
it says this, in the springtime when kings go off to war. That's how the story of David and Bathsheba starts. Matter of fact, uh, David wasn't even supposed to be in the palace. He was supposed to be at the war on the front line defending his country and fighting for the very people, that, uh, for Bathsheba and everybody else in that city. But instead he was by himself in the palace. The wrong, wrong time and the wrong place, he's up on the rooftop. He's out watching everything and he sees Bathsheba come out bathing and all of a sudden he ends up doing things he shouldn't do, seeing things he shouldn't see, end up going farther than he thought he would go. I'm just telling you, time and place matter so much in your life, amen? And so for some of us, we've got to break those triggers. We've got to find different habits. We've got to be at different places. Maybe you can't be alone. Um, maybe you've got to, to go to different direction. If you're around the wrong friends and they're taking you down, you say, man, this friend's not for me. Uh, maybe it triggers a mood. Uh, we're all vulnerable at certain moods. Uh, some of you guys get vulnerable when you're hungry. Come on, somebody. Um, and the second thing is when you're angry, and you know how that works, right? You're, you're hangry. Uh, some of you guys have that in your life, right? You just get real snippety, and you gotta get, you're just not thinking right. It's not clear. Uh, maybe when you're lonely. Uh, maybe when you're bored, uh, when no one's around, uh, maybe you're under-challenged, uh, we get in a situation where you're vulnerable. Maybe when you're tired, when, when you're just out of strength, uh, when, when you just feel weak inside. And uh, experts call this halt, uh, when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And so when, you, when you're in those situations and your mood's all messed up, uh, you just got to halt. You just got to say, man, I'm not going to go there. Like, I need to put something in my life, get some encouragement, uh, but you got to move the trigger. Maybe it's a moment. Uh, maybe you do the same thing after or before something. Uh, maybe you go to bed, and the first thing you do is you... Click, you, you turn on the TV, right? And, and you watch Netflix for two hours. Maybe you stay up too late. Maybe there's a moment when that happens. Or, or maybe you get in a fight with your husband and uh, you go and you call the girls, you know, and you start bashing on them and telling the whole stories. And this is kind of like a normal MO. Or, or maybe you go out with the guys and you go out to the sporting event and uh, guess what? You have too much to drink. And uh, just like every time almost, right? You go with the guys and you get drunk and it happened before and then it happened again and, and you keep doing that same thing over and over again. There's a moment in time where this happens. Or maybe uh, after work you get home and instead of helping the family out, uh, you're tired and, and you just kind of logged off and you've worked so hard and so you go down to your man cave and you turn on the video games and you sit down there and instead of spending time with your family and not investing in your family and your wife and that's just the moment. That's just what you've been doing. And so I think God wants you to break that habit, man. You gotta find a different trigger. Uh, for some of you, this is probably the biggest one. I think we all fit in this camp. Uh, there's a trigger of people. And this one's probably the hardest one to break and probably the, um, the easiest one to fall into. It's a trigger of people. It's the wrong people take you to the wrong places. The wrong people take you the wrong direction. It's so easy just to follow the crowd. And, and uh, there's some studies done on this. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, but they say that you'll imitate the habits of those you're closest to. And so there's a study done of 12,000 people that were studied for 32 years. Now that's a study, and it? Nerd alert, right? 32 years of studying somebody. I found two interesting, or a group of people, but two interesting points in this. It said this, if you have one friend who is significantly overweight, there's a 57% chance that you'll be overweight as well. You have one person in your life that's close to you that's overweight, there's a 57% chance you're gonna turn out like them. The good news, it says this, if one friend loses weight, one of the three closest friends to that person will lose a significant amount of weight as well. Isn't that crazy? I mean, think about this. You are literally shaped physically by the friends you have. Isn't that crazy? Like you literally become the same thing because you carry the same habits and you might be the shape they are, not physically on the outside, not even your heart or your mind, but how you look because you have the same habits, you eat the same things, you go to the same places, you look at the same thing, you have the same exercise routines, you do everything the same. I'm telling you, the people we hang out with will literally shape our lives. It says in Proverbs 13, 20, we walk with the wise, become wise, for a companion fool suffers harm. You become just like the people you run with. Can I just tell you a little bit about my closest friends in my life? And I just will brag on them. Uh, they know who they are. And I feel blessed to have these people in my life. 
gifted from God to have them in my life, but I just tell you a little about them. They're all significantly involved in church. Every single one of them. Every single one of my closest friends, man, they serve God at church. A lot of them lead in the church. A lot just have a passion for the bride of Christ. Uh, these people are godly people. Uh, they have godly children. They fight for their family. Uh, every single one of them is extremely hardworking. Uh, there's not a lazy bone in their body. Uh, they go after life. They want a full dose. They work hard every single day to provide for their family and do the things that God wants to do. They're incredibly generous people. Every single one of these people are incredibly generous. We give the shirt off their back to help somebody. They're the kind of people that lay down their life for somebody. They're the kind of people that I'd walk off the stage and be like, yeah, that guy can lead the church. Like that guy's got a passion for God. I mean, they're the kind of people, um, I mean, they have great families. They're professionals in every single area. I mean, they, they all have an area in their life where they, they've gone all in on and made to maybe the top rung of, of the ladder in, in their area of performance in life. And they've just gone after it fully all in, man. But you think how easy it is for me to have the same habits as them, amen? Like I'm like, wow, I'm kind of falling apart, but like, look at my friends. Like, they just kind of put, keep pulling me up and, and keep pulling me in. And I mean, you imagine a heartbeat to, to lead and do what I do if my friends were addicted to drugs, if my best friend was addicted to video games, or, or, or they didn't love God, they didn't want to go to church, if my best friends didn't have a passion for Jesus, didn't have a passion for people. Can you imagine if my best friends were all partiers and your pastor struggled with going to the party on Friday night because they all wanted to party together? I mean, can you imagine my friends were all unemployed because they just didn't want to get a job? They didn't feel like they, they could do it, and they just kind of sat at home, did nothing. Like, it is so much harder to do the things that God wanted me to do. It would be so much more difficult, and I'm just telling you, it's almost impossible to live the right life when you have the wrong friends. It's almost impossible to go the right direction when everybody else is going the wrong direction. It's almost impossible not to walk with your friends to Gaza taking 56,250 steps when they're with you. It's so hard to say, no, done with that. I'm by myself, I'm going this way because it's the road that God has. It's difficult to do that. You gotta find people in your life that are gonna bring you that direction. Some of you guys need to cut some people out in the name of Jesus, amen? So we need to do that. I'm not saying get rid of them. Just don't make them your best friend. Keep them out there like company, but they're not inside your life. First Corinthians 15, 33 says this, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Man, those habits are caught on to. You're gonna fall just like they're gonna fall. You're gonna end up shaped like your friends. And so first thing is move the trigger. The second thing is just interrupt the action. This one's just like a super simple thing, uh, but uh, we need to do it. If, you, if you're like the guy that hits the snooze button all the time, you gotta take your phone, you gotta move it across the room, amen? You've all done this, haven't you? And you gotta get out of that warm, snuggly bed and go up and hit and grab that phone. You're like, ah, oh, time to get up. You just gotta do something, interrupt that action. You can't make it so easy to do. Maybe you overspend money. Maybe you spend so much money on Amazon, you know, you know, delivery truck driver, you know what I'm talking about, right? And you spend money all the time. Man, maybe you just needed somebody else uh, to order stuff for you. Maybe you talk to your spouse and say, here's a list of stuff I, I really want and have a step between. Like, just don't give yourself access to spend the money. Uh, maybe you have looking at inappropriate uh, images on your phone. And uh, for some of you, you need to interrupt the action. You need to have some kind of software, some kind of program on your computer, on your phone. Man, it's going to block that content. Um, it may delete Safari. It, it may take you out of Instagram. But I'm telling you something, your purity is worth it, amen? That God wants to see you pure. You don't want to be addicted to pornography. 2020 is the year you can be set free. You have, you have 11 months to break yourself free of this side. you got to cut some stuff out of your life. For some of you guys, you can list some people to help you. Some of you need to have a buffer in there. You need to, if you see something inappropriate, somebody else is going to call you on the phone and go, what's up, friend? Hey, I love the name of Jesus, but man, man, you can do this. You, can, you need somebody in your life to help you. You need to break this cycle. If I could be real honest this morning, man, there's so many of you that are walking through a deep habit. There's so many of you that have a struggle. Maybe it's gambling. Uh, maybe it's an alcohol addiction. Um, maybe it's some other drug addiction. Maybe it's some uh, sexual impurity. Maybe it's pornography. Can I just tell you something? Some of you guys need to step into rehab. Like some of you guys need to get some professional 
help. Man, some, some of you guys are just around the wrong people all the time, and you say, you know what, I, I need to go team challenge. Like, there's something in my life I need to break free of. I need to separate myself, remove myself from the situation, and rebuild my life. Some of you honestly need to do that. Some of you guys need to fight for your marriages. Some of you guys need to get real serious about what God wants you to do. The Bible says what God's put together, no, no, let no man take apart. Let no man tear asunder. God's real honest with you. That verse was read at my wedding by somebody that's in my life that's fallen from, from what God has in their life. That verse really sticks out. I read it this week in my own time and my habit of reading the Bible every day and just broke my heart. And I just remind you, man, your marriage is worth fighting for. That God is in it. That God has put it together. That God has a plan for you. That God wants to use you. Can I just tell you, if your marriage is hurting, if you're talking about getting divorced, if you're walking down the hard road, can I just encourage you to get help until you get help? Can I encourage you to talk to a counselor? We'll pay for a counselor. Our church will help you get counseling. We will send you to somebody. We'll give you four sessions for free to help you break free and get your marriage healed. Can I encourage you to get some help maybe from your pastor, maybe from a friend, maybe from a life group leader. Maybe there's a book you can read together. Can I just encourage you to keep getting help until you get help because God's in your marriage, amen. God wants you to fight for it and be a part of it. We're not gonna quit on it. We're gonna keep pushing towards it. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? Are we gonna do this thing? We're gonna fight, we're gonna get healed, we're gonna change, we're gonna break a habit. I'm just telling you, this morning, we, we need to change some things in our life. If you don't like the direction your habit's going, maybe today's the day it's gonna change. Just think about your future. I mean, just play the tape forward. I mean, in five years, what's this look like? 10 years, what's it look like? Like, how long am I gonna keep doing this? Like, how, how many meals am I gonna How much sugar am I gonna keep eating these next 10 years? Like, when I'm 50 years old, when I'm 60 years old, when am I grandpa? Like, what will my kids look like? I mean, think about some of the regrets you're going to have. Man, I wish I would spend more time with my kids. Man, I love that video game. Guess what? It ain't going to be cool in 50 years. Man, maybe it's time we put down the controller. Maybe instead of watching TV all the time, maybe we should read the Bible. Maybe we should invest it to pray with our kids. Maybe we should just do something together. Maybe, maybe there's something else we can change in our life. Maybe some addiction we can break free from. I mean, how many years are we going to push relationships away from us, the people who care about us most? I mean, just play it forward. What do, you, what do you want your life to look like? I believe this morning, man, God's calling you to make those habits difficult. God's, God's calling you to, to just remove the trigger, to, to interrupt the action. And I believe this, that God's in your marriage. I mean, God's in your family. God wants you to win today. God wants you to break something today. God wants you to drop the bad habit. Amen. Thank you, Barry, for that line. He wants you to get rid of it. He wants you to throw it aside. He wants you to avoid it. He wants you to break something in your life to set you free when you surrender to him. Think about this. The Bible says this, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man, but the temptation will make a way to escape. God always makes a way for you to be overcomer. God has provided a way. Think about Samson. He took 56,250 steps the wrong direction. But for God, he had 56,250 opportunities to turn to him. Every step he just said, you know what? That's my last step. Like, I'm going to go towards God. I've been living this path, but it's never too late for God. It's never too late to do the right thing. You said, well, Sean, I'm too weak. Like, I can't do it. Like, I've tried in the past. I'm just telling you, when you're weak, Christ's strength is made perfect in your weakness. It, God in you is stronger than your, than your desire inside of you. Christ wants to set you free today. That you're a chosen son or daughter of the king. You don't have to sing a song of defeat. God has given you a song of victory. And there's nothing more proud and more honorable than our church than we can help somebody out of the pit that Satan's getting the glory in. Amen? Like we want to help somebody set free today. Like you get in your life group and you're like, oh, I'm too ashamed. I can't say this to somebody. No, no, don't be ashamed. That's what Satan's telling you. We're going to pick you up. We're going to help you. And if you can't carry yourself, we're going to carry you. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. We're going to pray together. I'm tired of Satan getting inside people's marriages and destroying people's households. Man, I had four or five conversations last week with people talking through divorce and, and struggling in their situations. I just kind of left going, whew, man. Like we got to change our habits. 
we've got to get set free. We've got to change what we're going to do. We're going to say, this is the last step in that direction, Satan. We're going to go towards God today. We're going to change our lives. Can I just tell you something? Zachariah said last week, Zachariah 410, do not, be, do not despise these small beginnings for the Lord rejoices. Man, God rejoices in small beginnings. I mean, you know what? God has a smile on your face when you battle pornography and you're like, I'm done with that. Even if you fail and you're fighting, God has a smile on his face. You know, God has a smile on your face and you're fighting for your marriage and your wife may not say she loves you for a year, but you're fighting for that marriage to get back in that good grace because you've been kind of the screwball and you messed up. Do you know God has a smile on your face when you say, I'm done scrolling through my phone for four hours a day? When you're done saying, I'm going to be unhealthy, I'm, gonna have, I'm not going to have healthy habits in my, or not going to have unhealthy habits in my life. You know, God gets excited about that. He gets a little pep in his step. God is for you. Man, nothing against God is going to stand. Can I encourage you, man, just to break a habit? What is the habit in your life you're going to break today? Who's with me? Who's going to break a habit this year? Come on, somebody. Pick something out. Like, what is it? Like, you have, a, you have, you have 12 months to say, I'm going to be done with that. I'm going to give you 12 months to just pick one thing and just battle it for 12 months. Just tell me you can't do that because I know God is on your side and God wants to set you free. And today, through the power of Jesus, man, you'll be devil kicking, man, you'll be God honoring, overcomer in the name of Christ. Amen. Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for your son, Jesus. God, I pray you do work today in our hearts, God, that we just find one habit we're going to break. God, something that's just shackled us up. God, there's been just words spoken over us, God, of condemnation and fear. God, we've tried before to quit, but today, God, we're going to go all in with you. Man, as reflect in prayer. Some of you guys are calling you, God is calling you to become somebody. And based on who he wants you to be, there's one habit in your life that you need to break today. Across this room, those of you that say, you know what, I'm going to seek God. Man, I'm going to talk to my life group leaders. I'm going to tell my family about it. I'm going to, I'm going to go all in, man. I'm going to end this chapter of my life. I'm going to break this habit. habit. I'm going to get closer to God today. If that's you, just lift your hand high across this room and say, God's put a habit in my life I need to break. Come on, lift those hands up across this place. Man, just, just be like, I'm done with that saying. I'm going to break a habit today. I want to pray for you. God, thank you so much for your spirit doing only what you can do. God, there's some habits in our life, God, that we need to cut out of our life. God, some things in our life that we run to, maybe it's a friend or a situation, and we need to break these habits. God, remove the triggers in our life. God, maybe distance ourselves from, from friendships. Um, God, I'm praying for marriages to be restored today. God, I'm, pray, I'm praying for us to be clean and sober by the end of the year. God, for some of us, we need to check into rehab. I mean, some of us need to get some counseling. I mean, some of us need to be honest with ourselves for the first time and say, you know what? I have a blind spot. I need to listen to a friend. Man, God says that we are more than overcomers through Christ in the day. I'm praying for your spirit to do a work in our hearts to set us on the path of righteousness. We're going to turn from one path towards you today. I mean, as we keep praying, man, we're talking about breaking old habit, but today some of you, you need to let go of your old life. And let God rebuild your life today on a relationship with Jesus. Man, maybe you've been battling addiction. Maybe there's wounds of abuse in your past. Maybe there's a mindset. Maybe there's some loneliness and anxiety. Maybe you've been battling by yourself. But today, Jesus wants to battle with you. He wants to be on your side and give you a fresh start. Man, Jesus sent his, God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you. The Bible says that he took all your sin and nailed to the cross, became sin, for, became sin for you, paid your penalties, changed all his wrongs for all your rights. He has given you new life. You're an overcomer. You have newness in Christ. You have a new name, a new spirit, a new will, a new strength through him. And when you believe in Jesus, he sets you free. The Bible says on the third day, they rose from the, from the grave, defeating death, hell, and sin for you. And that anybody calls on Jesus will be saved and set free. We don't live a defeated life. 2020 is not a year of defeat, but a year of victory in Christ. Christ, and Jesus loves you more than anything in the world. He knows every hair on your head. So today, maybe you need something more than changing your habit. Maybe you need something more than trying to break a habit in your strength. You need a Savior. You need a God that loves you and can be trusted with your future. So today, if you need Jesus, you say yes to him this morning. If that's you, just lift your hand without me looking around and say, I need Jesus today. Man, I, need, I need God in my life. I'm doing this battle on my own, but I need to follow him. And if that's you, say, I need Christ. I need to surrender my life to him. 
Just pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me on that sin, for my sins. God, I pray that you would just restore me. God, make me whole. God, I've been fighting this battle on my own, but God, my identity has been wrapped up myself, but now I know it's in you. And so thank you so much for sending your son down across my sin. God, restore me. God, make me whole. God, let me go to battle through your spirit this year to be forever changed. God, thank you so much. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, get up.